I did want to get started here um, right off the bat to say to uh, the needers, we're grateful for you folks and we're uh, excited for you, but uh, we will miss you. The, the needers are moving to Japan, just a little hop across the ocean there and, and heading over there for some time there in Japan. And Alfonso, Alfonso Munoz. Our dear brother, Al, he's been here uh, for many, many moons, yeah, many moons, and uh, uh, I want to just encourage you, if you haven't yet um, uh, gone up to either of the Neaters or Al Munoz, just to hear, uh, today's your chance, Uh, they're not going to be here next Sunday, and so we're just very grateful for... uh, your being here, and Al, for your uh, love for the body, and just in so many ways, um, we'll miss you. So, um, right. You know, I this morning's one of those mornings where there's just so much on my mind, a lot of stuff going on in, in the little brain upstairs here, and... Uh, it would sure help just to start in, in prayer here again. Okay, let's pray together. Lord, you are so amazing. You are so great. There's no one like you, Lord. You don't share your glory with anyone. You, you, uh, you are worthy to be praised and you are worthy to receive all the glory. You're not a God that is a, a part-time God. Uh, you're a... Uh, you're there. You never sleep. You never slumber. And you are continuing your work. May your work here in our hearts today be received with, um, in humility and be received hungry, that we would be hungry for what you have for us here today. And Lord, we do just thank you for the needers and for Al Munoz. Uh, bless them as they move along. And help them to continue being a blessing where they are planted. God, use them in your wonderful way. Thank you for them. And thank you especially for Jesus. And we want to honor you in our time now as we open your word. Guide us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. First time this year in 16, 17 some years, we finally had the the house sprayed and the yard sprayed. Finally got it. Figured, hey, why, why go out and uh, pull weeds all summer long or, or, or fight spiders coming into the house? Um, I kept telling the women in our family, all you need to do is go get the spray bottle and go kill them. Go kill those spiders that get in the house. But no, got to have the, the he-man in the house to go get those spiders. And I'm sure... Uh, Many of you can understand that and appreciate that. Um, But you know, it's not just weeds and it's not just spiders. I hate to bring it up to you uh, clean freaks, but it's all sorts of germs. It's all sorts of, you know, it's dust everywhere. And, uh, you know, it it took us a while to get a a front yard in the, you know, at our place but we finally have a, a, a grass front yard, and it's, you know, we enjoy that. And so no longer is there dust you know, in that side of the house. There's just dust on the back side of the house with no grass back there. 
But, um, you know, in your home, you know, moms, you, you, you're pretty conscientious and you're trying to keep a clean ship and uh, keep things, you know, cleared up, straightened up. And yet, um, you know, it's a constant battle, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, and even more important and more seriously is the constant issue regarding the gospel and regarding your life as a Christian. And here this morning, you know, this message is, is really for Christians. And, you know, if, if you're here this morning, you're not a believer in Jesus Christ. Um, you know, it really starts by trusting in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Putting your faith in, in Jesus, not putting your faith in a church, not putting your faith in some list, but putting your faith in Jesus Christ. You must be born again. And once you're born again, you, you come to recognize spiritual truths are true. <laughs> Amen? They're, they're true. They're there. Because God put it there. God, God accomplished it. But in doing so, the enemy, Satan, continues, ever since the garden, he continues to put in deceptions. He continues to do that. And it's just like, you know, uh, weeds popping up in your backyard. It's just like bugs showing up in your house. It's just like dust and, and pollen and all that yucky stuff trying to infiltrate your life. You are not... Um, just, you know, if you're a believer, you can say, yes, I'm saved and I know that my Redeemer lives and I know I will go to heaven. But you also must know that you will have infiltrations of all sorts and all kinds. Spiritually speaking, you will have all sorts. You're not uh, just free from that. Well... That's what we're dealing with here this morning. You know, all of us typically are concerned about safety and security in the home. Did anyone leave their house unlocked this morning? You know, don't raise your hand, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you take time to secure the house and you want to make sure it's safe. You know, with a little grandson showing up every once in a while, it's not like you, you leave all the tools out, you know, near the, the kitchen table you know, whatever, all sorts of things that you have to get secured with the little ones and all, all that. And we work hard at, at keeping things safe and secure because of the fact that, yes, visible and invisible intruders. And so it is in the Christian life. And so here this morning, we come to this passage in Colossians that is very familiar and a lot of times it just seems like, how did it show up here? How, how did, it's like out of nowhere, you know, Paul um, just says, so as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in Him and established in your faith, just as you are instructed and overflowing with gratitude. It seems like, wow, that's a cool verse. I like that. It's positive. You know, and we all gravitate towards those kinds of verses. Yeah? And we like it. But I want you to understand why it's here 
why here, why now? Okay? And so, we've had this um, issue of Paul describing the ministry, the ministry, and it's not, um, it's something that he labors with. He labors in it. And then he, he says it's in verse 1 of chapter 2. Look at it. It's a great struggle. Okay? And his desire is that uh, the hearts of the believers may be encouraged, having been knit together in love, attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself. Okay? So he's building up. Here's Christ alone again. He's building that truth up in our minds. But, you know, here's, here's the thing behind it. Here's why we have verse 6 and 7. It starts in verse 4. Okay? So when you look at verse 6, what's the first word in verse 6? What is it? Therefore. And therefore, you look back at what's already been stated. Okay? It's based, you know, what he's now going to say is based on what he's already said. And he says, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Well, why? How, what, what does this come from? It comes from verse 4. Look at verse 4. I say this so that no one will delude you with persuasive argument. He's been in, in this understanding here, talking about this, of, of Christ is the one in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this so that no one will delude you with persuasive argument. So therefore, if you're following in your outline that's provided there in the bulletin, therefore, we have been warned. We've been warned of intruding heresies. That's what he's getting at. And that's what he will continue to talk about in chapter 2. Our false teachers or false teachings and intruding heresies. And he's saying this, the, the warning comes that no one will delude you, cheat you, uh, deceive you. With what? With persuasive argument. And persuasive here is just the, here's the idea, of, it's simple speech. But it's smooth. It's good sounding, fine sounding speech. Okay? And Paul denounced this kind of approach with communication of in the ministry and mark it down first corinthians chapter 2 verse 4 he denounces it there he says we're not going to go that route we're not going to use fine you know sounding speech we want to proclaim the what the gospel we want to proclaim the gospel and not you know uh and there's all sorts of of issues of approaches and teaching and instruction that can be um, simply man-centered, simply man-promoted. And it can become very tricky. Tricky, <laughs> And you know what? Most of you, you have come to understand it or see it in one way or another, especially uh, on Christian TV. You can, you can read it. You can see someone that gets up there, a man or a woman, and you can sense that, you know, I, this is one of those slippery slopes here. I, I, whoa, you know, we've got to be careful with this. It's a concern. Because deception ought to be a concern for us as a true believer. Because that's what happened at the garden. 
It was very subtle. It wasn't over, overwhelming uh, atheism showing up there, was it? No. It was very subtle. Hey, you know, God doesn't really want you to understand. If you just do it, you'll, you'll know. You'll, you'll get it. And you'll be like God. What a lure. What a lure. So it's an ongoing tactic of Satan. And truth and error are made to look like each other. And that's the idea behind counterfeit stuff, right? So this was incoming poison, if you could put it that way. Incoming poison. Very subtle. And you just add a little bit to the... The, the water jug and, and it just deludes it, right? You don't need to add much to the water. If, if you add just the right amount, it just, it disperses in that water. And the next thing you know, you got dangerous water. And here in this specific text, listen, Paul is saying, um, the, the false teaching is just saying, just, just add something extra to Jesus. Add, add special knowledge. Add higher knowledge and then you'll be right. Add, add the special insight and then you'll really get it. That's what the Gnostic heresy was about. Just add a little bit. And it, it was a conglomeration of thought and philosophy behind it. And see, folks and friends, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much at all to start diverting you off of the, the course that God has for you. Okay? So he says, we have been warned. And then secondly, he says, we must be prepared. And you see that in verse 5. Um, he says, though I'm absent in the body, nevertheless I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ. Paul gives out a huge shout out of encouragement to the Colossian believers in that they have brought about cause for rejoicing. Okay? They gave him cause for rejoicing because they were prepared. Number one, by their good order, their good discipline. And he uses these two military terms here. They're, they're both military terms uh, implying, first of all, by this good discipline, they were in orderly array. They're marching just right. An orderly array. And then the second one is um, they gave him cause for rejoicing by their good stability. Another type of military term. They were a solid front. They could stand the attack and withstand the attack. They were prepared. And I ask, are we prepared? If there's, not if, since there is all sorts of intrusions of heresy in our day and age, are we ready for it? Are we standing prepared? You know, I was thinking about it. Here's a, here's a good, you know, helpful illustration. You know, I, I think of guys here in the, that have been in the military. And I think, wow, you know, you know I, I'd like them to stand. I'd like to stand with them in, in military formation, you know, because I know that they've had the experience and they've got that military toughness and alertness. Right. I want to line up with I don't want to line up with them. Okay, and that's what we need, and we need more of that kind of thinking here at Parkside Bible Fellowship. We've got some, you know, 
people that are just pouring out their lives in sacrifice in ministry for Jesus. Not, it's not for me. It's not for the, the leadership. It's for the Lord Jesus. And we need more. We need more people to come along in that way. Okay? And see, this group, Paul, and he had never seen them, never visited them, right? And yet Paul is saying, I rejoice because you folks, you're in good order and your, your stability in the faith is strong here. And so now, he gives the key, because of what he said, he gives the key for safeguarding, for safeguarding this against the, the persuasion, against the distraction and the deceiving and the deluding that false teaching wants to accomplish by saying, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So it's got its very practical aspect, but it's also got a, a reason why. So that you'll stay on track and not get swayed off course by false teaching. Keep walking with Jesus Christ as you've received him, so walk in him. Now, I want to look at this phrase, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord. Okay? It's referring to the believers who have already come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. And, and through this first phrase, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, really two concerns ought to be addressed here. And it, it, they are concerns. And it's, it's, it, it's this. Have you really received Christ Jesus the Lord? I came across a very interesting book. Um, by Mike McKinley. Mike McKinley. And in it, he's asking some questions. And it revolves around this issue. Here's the, it's a, a book to, to the church asking this question. You know, are you really a Christian? Because it's important that you understand based on the word of God. And mark it down, Matthew 7, 21 through 23. That's one of the main passages, why we would want to throw this out and challenge each other in it. And we're also called in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, to examine ourselves to see if, examine ourselves to see if we are truly in the faith. Okay? So I, I want to do this out of a, out of a compassion, out of a love for the saints here. Are you really, are you really saved? Just listen. You're not a Christian just because you say you are. How do you like that? You're not a Christian just because you say you are. You're not a Christian just because you like Jesus. A lot of people can say, I, I like Jesus. But that doesn't what makes you a Christian. Okay? You're not, a, you're not a Christian just because you go to church in a regular way. See, it's important that we get these things kind of spread out on the table and understand what we're really looking at. Okay? And I know, I, I just figure a lot of people are Christians. And it's important that we think through these things. Because the Bible is calling us to think through these things. 
do you base um, your confession of faith on having raised a hand? Do you base your faith in Jesus Christ by praying a prayer? Do you base your faith in Christ by walking an aisle? Because some people do. You ask, you ask around. People will say, well, I, I prayed a prayer. I walked an aisle. I, I, I came and I signed a card. That does not make you a Christian. Now, I recognize that with these things, it was the, the, like the method, the procedure in which a person came to faith. And that's fine. Okay? That's fine. I just don't want you thinking that I did this, so therefore I am a Christian. Because Paul is saying, therefore, as you have received, have you. And then he goes on to say, and by the way, it's a matter of faith. You, you receive by faith. You, you believe. In your heart, you're convicted of sin and you're convicted of righteousness, his righteousness, and you believe. You come to faith in Christ. You, you receive the gift of salvation. All those biblical phrases that are there. And then what, what is he saying? As you have received what? What does the Bible say? As you received Christ Jesus the Lord. There's a reason why he's saying those in that way. Christ Jesus the Lord. Christ He's the Messiah. What does that mean? He's the anointed one. What does that mean? He's God in the flesh. Then he says, Christ, Jesus, the man. He's actually a man, a physical man. He's got, you know, flesh and blood and bones and he walks around just like all of us. He didn't float around like, you know, he had angel's wings. He walked around. He sweated. He he bled, he was hungry, he was tired, all those things. He was a man, Jesus the Nazarene, Christ Jesus, the man, the Lord. Christ Jesus, the Lord. So he's the Messiah, and he's truly man, and as Lord, he is master. He's the owner. And it, it, it's all because he rose, he rose up again from the dead. Now, I'm not trying to say right here now when you come to christ and when you come to faith in christ you got to have everything in, in order i'm not saying that okay you come as a beggar you come as a sinner you come repenting you come understanding who you are before a holy god and a lot of times people have been taught and instructed that it, it, it's really you know you you invite jesus in and and you know, he'll bless your life and everything. Well, yes, he will, but it's got to go beyond just he'll bless your life and everything because people, we are all selfish. We're all self-oriented and we think in those terms and now we figure, oh, Jesus is there for me in my kingdom, in my agenda, in my order. And you think, oh, Woody's really exaggerating. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Because I know my own heart and you know your own heart, and you know what can happen. We can twist it and pervert it in such a way that, you know, it's supposed to be, you know, subtly speaking, it's really about me, isn't it? No, it's about Him, His glory, His kingdom, His way, His righteousness, His grace. So, 
absolutely critical that you make sure you're not deceived. You could be sitting in here for 20 some years being a regular churchgoer, and by the time it comes where you stand before God, if you're not careful, you could hear Jesus say, depart from me, I never knew you. Why? Because those people in that, in that argument of Matthew 7 are saying, but, 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 but we prophesied in your name, and we cast demons out in your name, and we did all these miracles in your name. And Jesus says, what? I never knew you. Depart from me. Does it, that ought to cause concern for us to then, therefore examine our hearts. And I, I mentioned it before, 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, examine yourselves whether you are in the faith. And that can only be done properly by the lens of Scripture. It can't be done, you know, if, if there's an old, another Christian around that can help you go to the Bible, Great. But it can't be done just simply by another person giving comment. It's important that you understand, am I truly God's child by faith in Jesus Christ? Or am I counting on something else? And if you are counting on something else along with Jesus, then you're falling into the trap of the Colossian heresy. That's why he's written this letter. Okay. I know. I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm sweating. I'm, I want to, you to know how important this is. Okay? So, as you've received Christ Jesus, the Lord, the Lord, so walk in Him. That's our next seg- segment here. In verse, uh, the last part of verse 6. As you've received Christ Jesus, the Lord, you've, you've gone... Um, and, and now we say, so walk in him. Now, what, what's happened is, now we've gone from saving faith to living faith. Saving faith is calling upon him for salvation and recognizing that there's no other way you can be saved. You must call upon him and believe on what he did for you. Is, it's a finished work and it's good enough. You don't need to add to it. So saving faith... So walk in him now goes to living faith. Walking, what does that imply? It implies motion, direction, progress, right? So motion and direction, or if you want to fill in the outline, here you go. Motion and direction. Then it's by grace. You say, wait a minute, that's how I got saved. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what is it saying there? As you have received Christ Jesus, Lord, so walk in Him. How did you come to faith in Christ? Here's grace. You got to keep going by grace, my friend. If you try and rule out, oh, I don't need that grace thing because I'm already saved. Wrong thinking. You must understand that your life now has to carry on by grace through what? What's the next one? Ephesians 2, 8, 9. By grace, we've been saved through faith. So grace... We've got to have that as we walk in Christ as a Christian and faith on over and over and over again. Faith, walking by faith. And that's the challenge because those first two, by grace and through faith in your outline, we are, we're still foreigners to that. Here's why. 
I'm used, I'm so used to earning my um, keep from God. I'm, I'm used to earning something from God. It's like I'm supposed to earn something from God. But that's, that's what? That's merit. And grace is God's free gift. It, the more we can learn and grow in grace, you're going to be strong and, and growing and solid and stable in your faith. And faith, oh my goodness, yeah. It's like I, I go too much by what I see. But faith is saying, you know what? Look to the Lord. You, you can't see Him. You can read of the Word. And that's what we've got to do to grow in faith. But faith is something that is, you know, deals with the unseen. But also, we walk with Him, not only by grace, through faith, but with confession. With confession. I confess Him as my Savior. That's part of, you know, here's, here's now I'm saved. But here's how I walk in my life. I want to do it by way of confession. Confession with the mouth. Confession with the mouth. I want to keep walking in this way in my life. And then, last one is the, in the fill in the blank there is as forgiven. Um, we talked a little bit about this on Friday morning. I think it was in our men's study. Christians need to just dive in to the big, huge reservoir. The, the unend, you know, here's this reservoir of God's forgiveness and understand what that's about. Do you really believe you're, you're forgiven? Do you? It's critical that you understand more and more about God's forgiveness in your life. So, okay, so here we go. We say, as, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Here's the point. To the extent we needed Him in our salvation, who else can save you? Who else can save you? No one. And so, it's only Jesus. And to the extent you needed Jesus to save you, so therefore... You need Him to walk. You need to walk in, in Him. Uh, well, uh, too often, it gets separated in our minds. Well, I'm already saved. I'm fine. And yet, every day, you need to walk in Christ. Let me ask you something. You remember, um, maybe it was before it just, you know, you got married right before you got married, if, if you're married. You remember taking a walk with your loved one? Or do you remember taking a walk with a close friend? You remember what that was like? How, um, it might be that you forget, but there's, there's pictures in my mind of taking a walk when my children were younger, younger. I would want to take a walk with them and just be able to talk. Why? What does that do? It gets you away from the, the stuff of the, the house or the, the busyness of life and you go take a walk. I remember taking walks with, you know, some of you brothers of mine here, you know, taking a walk. And there's a bonding that happens there too. A walk is a good thing. And see, Jesus says, walk with me in life. Walk with me today. Walk with me now. And as we do that, as we walk with him, you know, 
or in him is really what it's saying. Walk in him. We're learning and growing from him. And so, thus, we can guard against the incoming. The intrusions of heresy, the intrusions of, of uh, you know, things that are going to drag us away or pull us away from a, communion, a life of intimacy and communion with Jesus. It's interesting. Um, we want to look here at verse 7. So walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith. These are three, um, actually four, uh, participles here. How do you like that? Here we go. You walk in him because you have been rooted in him. You walk in him because you've been rooted in him. That's the idea in the verse. So walk in him. Having been firmly rooted. I want you to understand this. The way that Paul put this word in the Greek language was to show that it was an act done unto you. Not by you. It was a rootedness that was done unto you. All right? That's the passive part of it. And the fact that it's, it's a perfect passive, it's saying that it's a completed action. The rooting is a completed action in your life with a continuing effect. That's the key. It was a past action with a continuing effect. And it was done unto you, this rootedness. You were planted in Christ Jesus when you came to faith. Mark down Romans 6, verse 5. And Romans 8.39. Romans 8.39. What can separate us from the love of Christ? Thank you. Nothing. Okay? And just, you, you know, say that over and over again if you're a believer. You say that over and over again to yourself. What can separate me from the love of Christ? Nothing. Okay? And that's, that's what's behind the idea of being rooted in Christ Jesus. God did it by His grace. And it's along with this, there's two cooperative and continuing measures. These continuing measures, you, um, they are in the present voice. All right? All right? I'm sorry, the present tense. He says, having been firmly rooted and what? Now being built up in Him. That's the first one. It's, it's in the present tense. And that means it's something that ought to be continuing on. Continuing on that you are being built up in Him. Now, this is a continuous process. And He is the project engineer. He will keep building in your life. And so the thing is, you and I as believers need to walk in this way. saying, I want that building to happen. I want Him to build me up in the faith. Okay, And then the second one is being bolstered up in the faith to make firm, to make reliable. Okay, So these are similar things. But you notice what he's done. He's used different metaphors along the way. Walking is a metaphor. It's about your conduct. And rooted, that's in ag- agriculture. There you go, a, a different metaphor. And now here's this idea of building a building metaphor. And all these things 
raise up and, and, and cause this to surface, the idea of here's, here's the, the various aspects of the Christian life. He's wanting to build us up as living stones. Now, the more we walk in Him, trusting in Him, nourished by His Word, the more then your faith will be established. Okay? So, now we come to this last one. Being built up and established in your faith, just as you were instructed. Notice the, the importance of instruction. The importance of teaching. It's, here's, here it is. And then he says, and overflowing with gratitude. And this is the, the, final, uh, the final point here. And it's, it's one distinctive and personal response. Being rooted in him is done by God. Being built up with him is done by God, but it's also with our cooperation, our our yieldedness, our submitting to Him, submit, submitting to Him. And then being bolstered up in the faith is similar. But it's mostly, here's God doing this work. But this last one, this is yours. This last one is yours. Overflowing with gratitude. And I call it bursting over. The bursting over of gratitude. This is now... A, a change in how he used these other Greek terms. Now it's present active. And meaning you're doing the action, you're giving the thanks, and it's a continual giving of thanks. And it's abundant. It's overflowing. It's bursting over. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. First Thessalonians 5.18. Warren Wiersbe said this, thankful a thankful spirit is a mark of Christian maturity. When a believer is abounding in thanksgiving, he is really making progress. Now, this is the, the kind of the wind down, the, the wrap up to it. Here's another day. Here's another week. We understand why this passage practical and simple and lovable. And yet we understand why it's there. It's as a protectant. A protectant against false teaching. Then the more you're saying, I'm going to continue in this way. I'm going to continue walking in Him. And many, it might be that many of you sit and think, well, this is kind of redundant, you know. But the more that we are walking by faith, the more that you'll will, you will be established in that faith and you're walking in Him. I don't want to get on a, a tirade or whatever, but I tell you what, the state of the, the Christian in this world isn't necessarily strong and established. I realize that's a big blanket statement. It all comes down to you, my friend. You're saying, I've received Jesus. I'm a Christian. You're saying that? If so, then you're, you're called then to say, so walk in Him. And understand, God did the, the planting. And God's going to help with the building of it. But you've got to cooperate in that building aspect. And as these, as these things unfold, your responsibility is just keep giving thanks. Overflow with thanksgiving. 
be a thankful people. And then people will hear you give thanks or see that you're thankful and they'll go, what in the world are you doing? I mean, this just happened and what gives? Come on. How can you be thankful? Because Jesus is there and you're walking in him. Are you? Will you? Let's ask him to help us just today. Today is all we got, right? And then, Lord willing, if it's tomorrow, let's, let's keep following in what it's saying here. Just walk in him and grow. And he'll, pr- he'll produce the growth. He'll bring it about. But you cooperate in this, Christian. You cooperate in, the, in this whole process, this varied process. We can overflow with thanksgiving. We can rejoice at all times. We can walk in victory because he said it and he brought it about. And by doing so, we safeguard and protect from all sorts of spiritual poisons, spiritual pests, <laughs> spiritual bugs. And we stand on guard as good soldiers. Dear Lord, we give you thanks for your word and for your presence and your power. Lord, we are a, a weak people when we are trusting in ourselves. But we're strong because of you as we trust in you. And I pray that you would please help me to remember this through the week. I admit, Lord, that I all too often uh, guard myself and, and walk in my own way. I pray, Lord, that you would make us people that are hungry for you more and more. And I pray that we would be a people walking in Christ and giving thanks, just overflowing with it, Lord. Abundant in, in, great, in gratefulness. Even with little things, Lord, Help us to make a point of it to give you thanks. You've showered us with gifts. You've blessed us with wonderful, precious mothers. Lord, be glorified in our lives and bless our moms here today. And we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Everyone said... And you are dismissed, guys.